Hey, Michelle. Hi, Greta. How are you? Good. How's it going? I'm good. I had such a good time this weekend watching the sprint and the race. I feel like sprint weekend is like, oh, it's fun because more content, but that's not necessarily going to mean that the content is good. It's just going to be more. But this week it was more and it was good. This race, specifically the sprint, was the first time I have been excited about a sprint in a very long time. And I think you kind of... Since when we first started watching, probably. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of like hit the nail on the head when you said, when you were texting me about it, you're like, oh, you need to watch the sprint. It's like a good sprint. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of like unsure about them. You're like, no, no, but it's raining. That (laughs) is what made it so good. It wasn't the fact that it was a sprint. It was the fact that it was wet conditions that Mm -hmm. gave everything. I'm so sorry. My favorite races are when everything is kind of wet. But before we get started, hi, I'm Greta. I'm Michelle. And you're listening to Race Week Recap. We are a Formula One podcast. We do have some unfortunate news. Yeah, there was another crash at Spa this weekend. And unfortunately, one of the drivers, uh, Delano Van Toff, who was involved in the crash, passed away. Uh, So he's a Dutch racing driver. He won the F4 championship in 2021. And yeah, I mean, this is just... I mean, it's gutting, right? Because this is not the first time that we've seen this. Antoine Hubert, he died four years ago at this exact same spot in Spa. These drivers really are putting their lives on the risk, like every single week. There's ways that the risk can be mitigated. And so that's why you have a lot of the F1 drivers who have been speaking out about it. We have Max Verstappen and Lance Stroll who have both uh, been talking about you know, there's just certain conditions, especially when the visibility is so low, especially with that particular part of the circuit at Spa, where, you know, there's just things that need to be changed. Maybe that's the circuit. Maybe that's how they address uh, driving in, like, poor conditions. But, mm-hmm. yeah, something needs to happen. Our condolences go out to his family, for sure. This is going to be, or for sure, this is a really, really tough time for them. Yes, and a huge loss for the F1 community as a whole. Absolutely. All right. So now I guess we can talk about qualifying. So there's two qualifyings, race qualifying and sprint shootout, which I don't know. I don't like that they call it sprint shootout because it sounds so stupid to me. Like, is this a corny Western movie? Why are they calling it sprint shootout? I'd much rather just call it sprint qualifying. Like, it really bothers me. And I'm still really happy to know that, um, you know, I'm not the only one that still gets confused as to what qualifying is for what. Um, In the post-race, after one of the qualifying sessions, um, uh, Hamilton was like, wait, 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 is this this qualifying for the race or is this qualifying for, like, the sprint? (laughs) And I was like, yes, King. I'm happy we're still confused. This sport is literally so confusing. That reminds me of, you know, when whenever Lewis has to introduce himself on Joseph 5 and he never knows what the na- team name is called. Yeah, it's it's so good. We love a confused man. I've said it once and I will say it again. But to be fair, like it, the team name does change. I was looking mm-hmm. at the like the official Constructors Championship standings and all the team names were like, oh, I didn't know that's what the team was called. You had like McLaren Mercedes. I didn't know it was called McLaren Mercedes. And then Mercedes was just Mercedes. I thought, wait, like, weren't we Mercedes, AMG, Petronas, F1 team? Like, yeah, the only team that has kept it very consistent has been Ferrari. (laughs) It's just Ferrari. (laughs) Yeah, but that is because they make their own shit. Mm -hmm. Like, um, every other team has an engine from either Mercedes or Ferrari. So, so qualifying for the race was 
I guess a little spicy. Um, session one started with a red flag because of Botas spinoff. Um, now, during this spinoff, Max was already at the top of the session, so that was not a very big deal. But what was a big deal was that K-Mag was second in the session, but then he went off track limits and that deleted his lap. Justice for K-Mag. <laughs> You're going to see this trend reoccurring throughout the entirety of this race um, and even the sprint. So This is like the worst I've ever seen that the stewards have been about track limits. It's so bad. This um, I remember it being this bad last season as mm-hmm. well. Um, I should probably go back and listen to our Austria <laughs> GP 2022 episode to like remind myself. But at the end of session one, Pierre, Joe, and Lewis all also committed track limit violations. And again, we're just unfortunately foreshadowing for what's to come. And I mean, the biggest story I think from the qualifying was Perez because he had all three of his final laps deleted from Q2 and Red Bull was not happy about that. So, I mean, I feel like you have to take everything of about Perez's performance this weekend with a grain of salt because he was sick. He said he was very sick on Thursday, which is why he couldn't do press. And then he was feeling like high fever throughout the weekend. That's so rough. Driving under these conditions must already be so incredibly difficult. I can only imagine what driving under these conditions while sick and like with the fever. No, like I would pass out. Mm, That must be, that's awful. No, literally. Like I'm the biggest (laughs) baby ever we have already come to that conclusion. I can't be hard on Checo this weekend because like, I don't know, working while you're sick, that sucks. It's bottom of the barrel, you know? You know, yeah, I totally get that. Um, but I mean, all in all, even during, if, considering um, that Checo was sick, during the sprint, he still did a great job. So <laughs> He redeemed like himself. They can't be too upset. Yeah, he did. Um, so by session three of qualifying, Lando actually out-qualified Alonso. Um, Alex was in Q3. We <laughs> love to fucking see it. And Stroll actually also out-qualified Alonso, which... Mm, it's. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Stroll. Yes. Last week, there was so many news articles that were like, Stroll is getting kicked out of the team for like not um, meeting yeah, the expectations. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, his dad is not going <laughs> to kick him out of the team. I don't think that's going to happen. You got all these people saying, oh, Lance Stroll is now Aston Martin's biggest weakness. And it's like, ooh. I mean, that's tough. That's really tough to hear. He is pretty is far behind Alonso on the rankings, which... Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like people are being tough for no reason, but I just, I feel for him a little bit. I do think that there is a lot of value in the way that Stroll works with Alonzo. They're both, Stroll, I feel like, kind of knows his place on the team, and he is very, well, in the past at least, not this race so much, but has (laughs) been very willing to, like, compromise and, like, let... um, yeah, no. In this race, Stroll said, um, we're not going to fight. We're going to, like, It's keep for it the civil. team. <laughs> it's for the team. <laughs> the classic. I mean, they weren't going to get any higher. They weren't going to get any higher than, like, five and six anyway. So, like, it makes sense. But um, in the past, Alon- a Stroll has been very willing to, like, work with Alonzo. And he's just kind of, like, been going along yeah. with the flow. And I feel like that is incredibly valuable to have in a team because you don't see that often that synchronicity where the drivers are usually kind of on the same side of with each other and Mm -hmm. they're sort of 
actually willing to work together as a team. But I, I mean, I also think that Stroll has skin in the game when it comes to his team winning, since that is his dad's oh, team sure. and then therefore his inheritance. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> It's all linked together. Yeah, I feel like he's like, either either I win or the team wins, and I win. <laughs> and I always win. But at the end of qualifying, we had the surprise of a century, the surprise of this season for sure. Ferrari. <laughs> oh, Ferrari actually performed to expectations. Yeah. Shocker. Ferrari 2-3. <laughs> Who would have ever seen? I mean, Ferrari 2-3, that's amazing. <laughs> It's yeah, whenever I saw the starting lineup for um the race and I saw the Ferrari was back at the top, I was like, Oh, Michelle is she's so happy. <laughs> she is living for this. Thriving. Absolutely thriving. All right. Now let's talk about the sprint. The sprint shootout quickly and then the sprint because honestly, so much happened during the sprint in the race that we need to get to. So sprint quality was messy too. Um, I think the big thing which was hurtful to me was that Charles Leclerc got a three place penalty for impeding Oscar Piastri, which I guess deserved, but kind of kind of put a dampener on my weekend. <laughs> Fighting for our lives, I am sick of these impeding. Oh my god, I am just sick of these impeding um, penalties and of these track limit penalties. It's just like, and it's so funny to watch because there's certain drivers that listen. They just get so many track penalties it's insane (laughs) but there's other drivers who did not get one Mm -hmm. and that just kind of like goes to show like a little bit of race craft it is a little bit of different racing style and i guess that sort of awareness about the things that actually matter because if i don't know if you go off so many times to try to you know really be on the limit then you know you're gonna go over and then well, that just fucks up your whole race. Yeah, and then you get a sweet five-second penalty, and then you can either serve it in the pits, and then your pit stop becomes so much slower, or you can literally just throw it to the wind and just go as fast <laughs> as you can to try to outrun your five seconds. Which No, but that was a little today I learned moment where when they have to serve the five-second penalty in the pit, the amount of time mm-hmm. that it takes for them to... Uh, work on the car also get, like gets longer because the penalty is like five seconds but then usually the pit ends up being at minimum nine more like 10 11, 12 11 seconds and it was explained to me that they actually start working on the car before it's like completely stationary which i mean that mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind because how are you doing that it's like how are you accessing it's- a moving target yeah, it's like they start working on the car before the car even stops like rolling, mm-hmm. um, and they're like their gun is already on the like nuts of the wheel to, to, to take like the actual wheel out. It is cra- it's incredible. It's incredible. I swear, like we need to have a podcast just entirely talking about like the pit crew and fun. like the mechanics because it's just so it's so fucking cool and it's like the nerdiest part <laughs> of Formula One. <laughs> fucking love it. Um, okay, but what else happened during the sprint? Okay, shootout? what actually was the biggest thing I think was that Lando Norris was in third place and Nico Hulkenberg was in fourth place and I gotta say every single time I see a Haas up there like I'm so happy but at the same time you have to sort of like tamper your expectation because they can do a good qualifying but in the race it's just it's just sad I love seeing Haas win um not that I see them win but I love seeing Haas like getting closer to winning Mm -hmm. and Hulkenberg is just so good in qualifying 
he shows up and shows out you know no nico like i don't know what it is but this season he has like low-key high-key been a standout the hulk is hulking it's kind of insane (laughs) so now we're switching over to the sprint which was again honestly so much fucking fun best sprint ever yeah sprints are usually i mean there are fewer laps so they're a lot shorter but the fact that it was raining it gave us a pit stop and that made it so much fun yes yes even from the start, we had Max and Checo butting heads a little bit. So I'm curious, actually, like, what was your take on this? Who was right? Who was wrong? Oh, my God. Okay. Why did I think you were going to ask? Like, I had a feeling you were going to ask this. <laughs> um, honestly, it was, I feel like the best way to describe it was, like, kind of a tit for tat. Yeah. I mean, Checo could not tell that Max kind of, like, lost control of the car in the first turn. Um, so Checo, like... He, he didn't know that that happened, so I felt like he was just under the impression that, like, Max was literally, like, pushing him off. And then because of that, Checo kind of, like, attempted to close the door yeah. on Max. Um, but I really feel like it was just a matter of, like, miscommunication mm-hmm. and not having, like, awareness. And maybe Checo trusting a little bit too much in Max's... Um, intentions with the car right he probably i mean Checo. i mean at least i would assume driving driving against someone like max one it's gonna be aggressive but i would never ever ever envision max like losing out like losing the car a bit um so mm-hmm. i would never count all that therefore i would just be like wow this asshole just pushed me off <laughs> but yeah yeah i think that's super fair i think it was just a, a sort of like unfortunate tangle and you can kind of see that in their discussion after where i think both of them were like a little bit annoyed about what happened but it wasn't that immediate like blaming like oh you're a dick you could see that they were actually like having a discussion and trying to explain to each other what happened so i was like okay i actually quite quite enjoyed that it was like ooh, they're discoursing but at the same time like they are trying to understand like what happened from each other's point of view it probably wasn't like as big of a fight because they both ended up in one two yeah so <laughs> every, everyone was, like, was intact no there you know there weren't pieces exactly. of the car flying out yeah. so all's well that ends well but there, there were a couple fights during the sprint that i absolutely was obsessed <laughs> with oh my gosh the lewis alex charles and botas battle that was like literally all i wanted to see i was like why are we showing everything else this is all i care about at the moment i was getting kind of annoyed by some of the tv direction because i felt like there was so much going on that i was like wait we're missing stuff like why are we not watching this other battle like why are we watching like I'm like, I know this overtake isn't gonna happen yeah there was a lot there was a lot going on i do okay this this track is so much fun because it is so small it is short Mm -hmm. so you're gonna have a lot of driver interactions whether it's like a driver lapping somebody else or just because they're so bunched together so um there's a lot of really 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 fun battles um another battle that was well no this one was an overtake it was lando's overtake on alex and charles alex and charles were kind of going back and forth with each other and then lando just kind of snuck around the end oh my god lando (laughs) that was amazing I feel like we're both slowly becoming Lendo stands because of this season. You're absolutely right. Um, It was just so, like, it was, like, during a turn. So it was, like, the fact that Lando was able to kind of, like, predict where these two cars were going to end up in relation to each other and in relation to him on the track so he could just kind of sneak through was absolutely amazing. Oh, super good. It was such a good, so good, so good. 
And then once we were getting towards the end of the sprint, this is when things got a little bit fun. Um, not like they weren't fun to begin with, but we had that Aston on Aston fight in the in like the last couple of laps. Because Stroll is in front and Stroll is saying like, hey, like, let's not fight. Let's keep it. Let's keep it how it is. But yeah, I don't think Alonso was super satisfied with that, but he just didn't have like a lot of runway to do much else. Yeah. So in those last couple laps, I think they kind of gave him the go ahead to like, you know, we're not, we're, you guys can go ahead and fight for each other, fight each other for it. And it was so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, Stroll did end up coming out on top. But I feel like that's okay. We can give Stroll. Um, we can give him that. I think Alonzo um, has a longer, like, longer vision for the team and for um, his career in the team. He's got a plan. Yes. So... I I wrote some notes during this, <laughs> and I and I wrote the Aston and Aston fight at the last lap was so good. I know Stroll felt good, and I know Alonso had fun, and that mm-hmm. is all that matters. He's having fun. It's all that matters. <laughs> so, but fun. that's one of the ones where, in my heart of hearts, I just knew Alonso was gonna overtake Stroll, and I would have much rather watch George and Ocon on that last lap because George did I think the strategy where he went on slicks early. Uh, mm-hmm. and he, I think he was pretty much the first one to do that. I was like, ooh, is it going to pay off? Is it not? And it, it did pay off because he did get in the points from far back, but ooh, I wanted him to overtake Ocon like, at the very last second. It was literally, I think, a hundredth, hundredth of a second or something like that. <clears throat> so close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was so sort of close. It was a nice little drag race. Yes. A nice little drag race moment at the end. It was so You don't get this option. I... I loved it. I do love how George is like low key the Mercedes guinea pig, and whenever they're like, mm, it looks like it's drying up, they just throw this man on like a new set of tires, and they're just like, okay, go do your thing, let us know. <laughs> and then he ended up getting like fastest lap at one point. Oh yeah. Um. So it was like clearly it's paying off, and then you saw everybody kind of pitting. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so I do want to talk about the Max post radio because I th- I thought this was fucking hilarious. Okay. Um. Horner and the rest of the team gets on the gets on um the radio post sprint and they're all congratulating Max and Max is like um hold on a second um th- we need to have a discussion he doesn't even like say thank you <laughs> to Horner or thank you to the team he's just like we need to have a discussion regarding what happened it's because he's um, with Checo <laughs> it's because he's Dutch you know he's like he's blunt he's straightforward. It was so funny. I just found it hilarious how he was like, mm, yeah, this 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 was like literally child's play. <laughs> I need to have a discussion. It was so good. No, but I don't know. I think that's one of those things about Max is that because he's so straightforward, it can be a little like off-putting at first. But then once you get to know him, you realize like he's just being, he's just being real, you know? Uh, and he's, I don't know. You know, okay, so... You haven't watched that lasso. This is part of my campaign to get you to watch that lasso. But there's okay. like a Dutch player, and the recurring joke around his character is that oh, he's not being rude. He's just Dutch, and so he's the one who's no. like, you know, he'll completely like say how it is. And I feel like that's how Max is too. Like uh, again, a lot of these drivers' personalities are just they're growing on me. It's kind of ridiculous. And then Signs was there. He was just there. He was just there. <laughs> 
he literally was just there. Like, I don't, I did not, I don't think there was a lot of action with signs. I, or maybe they didn't cover it or I wasn't paying attention. But the man was just there. He's had a good weekend. Yeah. He has been kind of like just there. But honestly, during the race, which I guess we can kind of transition into, I think Carlos Absolutely. was doing so good. So it was like the Ferrari 2-3, right? And he was able to follow, follow Charles so closely. He was literally within, he was like three tenths behind him. Like he was right there. Wasn't there a moment when he was like, I'm faster. Can I please, can I please yes. go ahead? Oh, absolutely. I don't think that was a moment. I think that was the entire like first five or six laps, right? But then uh, they had a safety car, which I think this is one of those cases where they called the safety car super early and I was like, wait, why? But they did have to clear the debris from Yuki's car because Yuki just had a wild, wild ride this first lap. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about that for a second? He, I guess he had a good start or something because he yeah. just went full send. He was basically trying to overtake the like five cars in front of him and then like he crashed but i don't think he realized how badly he crashed and how much it uh destroyed his front wing because he kept trying to overtake and then he was like trying to break so late and he just completely went off and i was like oh it was so funny because in the replay you see yuki's front wing like completely just fucking come off and then seconds later he's still like fighting against the red bull and i thought that was so fucking hilarious like if there's one thing yuki has is the audacity (laughs) i was like why are you still going for it yuki needs a car that is willing to keep up with him because this man is not gonna stop until his car stops working no, I'm so here for absolutely. it. I'm a Yuki Truther. We're Yuki Truthers yeah. on this podcast, even though he completely screwed his race. <laughs> but okay, so he caused a safety car, and then it was around 15 laps in. It was still pretty early out of like 70. Yeah. So basically, it was such a long race. It was, but I felt like it was interesting throughout. Honestly, this was mm-hmm. like a five yeah. out of five star race for me. It was so good. Anyway. Uh, so basically any of the teams which pitted their drivers during the safety car had to commit to a two-stop and so Ferrari was one of the cars or one of the teams that did so but they ended up double stacking Charles and Carlos which meant that Carlos lost faces and for this I was so sad because he was literally like right behind Charles but then when they came out of the pits he was down two places to Hamilton and Norris, I think. And then he overtook them so quickly too. I was like, oh, but like, I was just like, you know, imagining where he would be if he didn't lose those places in the first place, you know? He didn't need to have to like do the work to recover, if that makes sense. Yeah. It could have gone a lot smoother, but. Yeah, but it is one of those things where, you know, if they didn't pit him then, they would have had to pit him later. And, you know, if he mm-hmm. had, like, a bunch of deck from trying a one-stop. So I don't think it was, like, a bad strategy call. I think it was just a little bit unfortunate that Carlos got the slightly shorter end of the stick. Yeah, it was risky. Double stacking is always so fucking terrifying, but so much fun to watch. Oh, my God. It's so much fun to watch. <laughs> it is. I love a good double stack. But besides that, I think one of the biggest things... Uh, in this race, as was the case for the whole weekend, was track limits penalties, which I feel like gave us, the fans, a lot of content in the form of the radios. 
The radios were so good. <laughs> they were, the radios were so good. <laughs> this uh, race. And I think that's mostly due to, okay, Lewis. Lewis on the radio this straight this weekend was hilarious. So shady. Oh so shady. So shady. So, so petty. He was like, Am I the only one getting track penalties? Like, what's going on? Am I the only one that's going off the track? Um, but no, it was him and everybody else. Most notably, it was Esteban Ocon. Yeah. The, the amount of post race penalties I mean, yeah. is just like ridiculous. I was actually watching the post race show for the first time in a long time. Did you like it? I know. It? Who am I? No, I I really liked it. I like that they interview the drivers and then the drivers get to talk mm-hmm. about like what happened in the race. I think that's probably the most interesting thing about it. And mm-hmm. they had like this joint interview between Gasly and Norris and Gasly was pissed because of the uh, track limits penalties. He was like, you know, like it's not good for the drivers. It's not good for the fans. Uh, all that kind of thing. He's kind of like lobbying for them to be like a little bit less strict about the track limit penalties which i don't know i can kind of get that because i think it's really annoying and confusing as a fan when there's so many penalties post-race and you just don't know like who ends up where like it's very very confusing yeah um getting all of the updates from like the fia white papers oh my god and you're just trying to keep up oh yeah because they don't even all come at the same time either it's like oh no. like it's like rolling no. penalties they just show up on my timeline and then i have to do the math you gotta recalibrate like, it. <laughs> it's obnoxious but i think the worst one was okon by far apparently he broke a record <laughs> he broke a record for the number of penalties in a race which i guess is five so i think he served one during the race and then he got 20 seconds worth of penalties after Wait, he got 30 seconds worth of penalties after. Was this record previously held by him? Probably. (laughs) Because Jesus. And you know what the cherry on top of it is for me? If you go on Esteban's Okan Instagram, he still hasn't posted about this race. He posted about like this sprint, but there's literally been radio silence on his Instagram from whatever happened on Sunday, which I think is so funny. Because what do you even say? Like, what is there even to be said? It's just crickets. Oh my god. They traumatized my boy. I know. No, they actually traumatized him. Esma Okan is going to be in his reputation era. Because someone on the stewards literally hates him so much. He low-key cannot be in his reputation era. Because that would mean that he's driving more aggressively than he is now. <laughs> and you can't get And I cannot. <laughs> I can't get But I need him to be in his, like folklore evermore just like sad and just <laughs> mellow in to his like feelings or or taylor swift before reputation mm. when she was just hidden away that's what we need that's we need him to just like not because jesus christ it was so bad i i, I spawned oh out of the worst but pretty much all the drivers got um penalties or stressed out about penalties and you had drivers who were like annoyed that they weren't notified so i think the biggest one was alex alvon he was generally like very annoyed at his engineer he was like why didn't you tell me that i have like a black and white flag or like why didn't you tell me that i have a penalty like what are you doing which like uh the commentators were kind of saying like oh well you know it should be the driver's responsibility to know but i feel like if one lap and you're going off limits and then you do it again the second lap and that's when um you know, an engineer should be like, hey, by the way, that thing you did, it's like, it's not, it's not doing you any favors, so stop. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, 
Also, how much can you see in those fucking cars? Like, these are questions that I had I need answers to. Because <laughs> when I'm watching it, I'm watching it on a TV with like, you know, the fucking 4K resolution screen <laughs> from F1 TV. And I still can't tell what, whether they're over the line or not, you know, because they get yeah. so close. It's like millimeters, whether they're yeah. like completely on the line or mm-hmm. just like part of their tire is like still inside. And so... Yeah, it's definitely the engineer's job to do that. I mean, that's what we got with Lando's engineer. He was like, I know you'll hate me, but we need to be inside track limits at every single point because all these other drivers are getting penalties. And then if you don't, then you're going to win out, which he totally did. He finished fifth, but then he got fourth because of penalties. Sad for Carlos. <laughs> Whenever we have Carlos and Lando fighting on the track, I just I, I just know they're having a great time. So I'm like, you know what? Whoever comes out on top comes out I on top. I think everyone loves to see that too. I think Carlando is one of the most beloved past driver pairings. They're yes. like right up there with uh, Max and Daniel. Yes. Yeah. I just, I mean, it, it might... It definitely also has to do with the fact that Lando is very, very close friends with... Um, carlos's family for sure and like he goes to the weddings and stuff and i think that is so absolutely precious precious we love seeing driver friendships but we also love driver beef which i feel like there's kind of one which is sort of starting to build between magnuson and reese which was last week or the other week they had like a major incident where they both went off the track a little harry potter voldemort moment It was, like, the slowest incident of all fucking time. Like, I don't understand what happened. And so slow to recover, too. In slow motion. It was so bad. You know, like, when the trucks are, like, backing up, that kind of thing. So bad. Anyway, uh, they had another incident this week where I think Maxson was trying to do an overtake on DeRays, and then DeRays basically pushed on the track, didn't give them any room, even though they were pretty much side by side. And... Therese got a penalty, and then you hear just Magson on the radio, like, DeVries, man, pushing me off, like, what is wrong with him? Okay, I have such mixed feelings about DeVries. I was so excited when he started off, um, like, last se- last season, when he made his little debut mm-hmm. in the Williams and was in the points. Like, I was so, I was so here for it, so here for it. This season, I could honestly care less. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just, yeah, it's just, it's... I don't know. I forever more team K Mag. Yeah, he's in a swap era right now. But I don't know. There's just something about Kevin Magnuson having like a petty little vendetta against Nick Therese that is just so amazing to me. He's so young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's so young. Therese <laughs> is so young, and Kev is like a grown man with like a kid. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Oh, so good. Okay. Um, so at the end of the race, final standings, we had Max first, of course, which I thought was fucking hilarious because during the beginning of the race, like the race hadn't even fucking started. And um, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, Ferrari is going to try to battle uh, Max. And it was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Ferrari's battle. <laughs> Ferrari's battle is with everyone behind them. Ferrari's battle <laughs> is with themselves. They're fighting their inner demons every single week. And then- and then I think it was Crofty that was like, well, I guess this is another win for Max Verstappen before the race even fucking started. <laughs> Which is so true of him. 
I was like, I'm dead. I'm fucking dead. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, Max first, obviously. But we had a Charles second yeah. and then a Perez third, which it feels like nature's healing. Yes. Of. I was just so happy to see Ferrari back on the podium. You know, we haven't gotten many so of those good. recently. So, I mean. No. Yeah, no. love that. Um, I'm interested to see if Ferrari can keep up this kind of this like slow built momentum. Because they were good this week. Like the the car yeah. was quick this week. They didn't have a ton of issues with like other things besides race face. So I don't know if they can keep this up. That would be really good. But I don't know. Maybe it is track dependent because we saw Mercedes bring the upgrades recently and. They kind of flopped out this track. I don't know how George felt, but Lewis is very vocal. Yeah, let's. We can talk cool down room, and then we can talk about radio of the day because my radio of the day is Lewis centric. <laughs> but yes, cool down room. This is this is my segment this week because yes. we have Max and Charles, which is my favorite little talk show combination because I feel like the cool down room is. 90% of the time quite awkward because you just have this combination of drivers who you know they're a bunch of like different ages and they're always all like not really friends with each other it's just very awkward co-worker energy but when you have Max and Charles they are always debriefing it's like Max's talk show and he has like Charles as a guest and it's just it's always good even if I can't actually hear what they're saying because the acoustics in the cool down room are always horrible I know I know they're having like a great little discussion they're having a great little chat I'm so here for it so driver of the day well the official driver of the day was Lando Norris which when they told them he was like oh thanks that's cute (laughs) no no no, no, but he he sounded very happy to me for me he sounded like very like genuinely like pleasantly surprised he was like oh it's because we have all the papaya fans which is so sarcastic (laughs) but so funny it was so good so who was your driver of the day i mean you have to like take your hat off to Lando because he had such a good weekend and the way that he was able to like I think defend today but then also be aggressive but also keep it within the lines and not get himself into any trouble I think like you really do just have to applaud him for that but I also thought that I mean Checo had an amazing race too he uh, did the classic little, you know, come up from the back moment, and he really delivered, which I think he probably needed the boost after the qualifying that he had. And yeah. I think Carlos also had, like, a good race, too. His final position doesn't really reflect, like, how well he was driving. So, I don't know. Can I have, like, a trifecta of driver of the days? <laughs> we can do that. That's totally fine. <laughs> what about you? Um, my driver of the day is going to be Lando. Yeah. Um, which is very surprising <laughs> but he just he just did so well yes. like he's driving this shitty little car and he's doing his thing it's gotten better it has gotten better it has gotten better he's the only one who had the upgrades this week uh piastri mm-hmm. didn't i think he's gonna have them for silverstone i mean it is a little yes. bit sad so if you see oscar like, way way below lando this week that is probably why that's why <laughs> I thought it was so funny. The commentators kept on mentioning that, like, you know, Lando has, like, new parts. Piastri does not. But he will get them. Don't worry. <laughs> they haven't forgotten like, oh. about him. To be a junior driver <laughs> on a team. Um, okay. Your overtake of the day. 
Oh, I don't know. What was yours? Okay, my overtake of the day was during the sprint. It was, again, when Lando overtook Alex and Charles. Oh, my God. No, that one was was good. Amazing. No, I think that's fine. It was so good. Radio of the day. Shall we get into it? (laughs) I think this is everyone's radio of the day. When Lewis was complaining so hard in the radio, he's like, why is it that, you know, the stewards haven't given out penalties to other drivers? Because I see literally everyone else going over track limits. Do you not see Lando? (laughs) And he just, he kept, like, he would not shut up on the radio. Like, he generally would not shut up to the point where Toto had to invent her. Lewis, we know the car is bad. Please drive it. You know it's bad when Toto has to get on the radio Literally. this happened this happened with george um it was a couple races yeah. back but um they like toto just hopped on and was like george just drive the car <laughs> like it was amazing it's truly there's nothing else to say it's literally just, just no just shut up and drive <laughs> so funny and i love that toto has to get on mm-hmm. he's just like i've had it enough of these kids just to shut up and drive it is funny though because i think toto is one of the few team principals who will actually like get on the radio and talk to the drivers which yeah i guess does that speak to the relationship that they have i think it does and you have toto talking about that after the race where obviously he was interviewed about that radio and he's like that mm. is literally scratching the surface. Like, you you should hear us on the phone, you know? <laughs> I love Toto for that. I do. I think Toto has, like, one of the best relationships with his drivers. Me too. I feel like he's very, I guess, like, hands-on with them and, like, really tries to, like... I mean, he's, like, a very, very, very good boss. I think it's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think Horner has favorites. <laughs> but, Horner plays favorites. You know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So next week, oh, one of my favorite races on the calendar, Silverstone. Ooh, love her. So excited. So good. She's just iconic. Like no one will ever be She's her. She's so iconic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Austria Red Bull Ring is trying to be her so bad. Trying to be her so fucking bad. But she will know. She's iconic. The reason why I'm so painfully excited is because um mercedes is coming in with the upgrades and god if i don't see lewis on the fucking podium i think i'm going to end it all <laughs> lewis p2 lewis p2 let's manifest it let's really really manifest it here no we really have to because i cannot if i don't see that man getting out of his little fucking car and waving his little <laughs> flag like i will take that so personally and unfortunately unfortunately george is not going to just cut it he's not gonna cut it i need to see lewis do it <laughs> no i i see it so clearly in my head it's like he's not even out of the car yet you know it's like past the red flag yes. not past past the checkered flag you know he's doing his little wave so iconic i'm literally gonna go after this and watch a compilation <laughs> just so i can like feel something again because uh, it's gonna kill me all right predictions for silverstone max p1 lewis p2 i don't know about p3 Oh, maybe Ferrari. <laughs> oh, we're feeling adventurous. We're feeling adventurous. Feeling adventurous. Ooh, that is exciting. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with Max P1, Lewis P2, and mm, George P3. Oh wow. I want to. I want. I want. I really want Mercedes to like come back. It's the comeback era. It's gonna be a big day for the Brits. 
They also got Wimbledon right now. They're winning. I'm going to go watch it after this. All right. Well, Michelle, where can people find us? People can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you got your podcasts. And if you enjoy listening to us from our mouse, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify. Uh, and then you can also find us on social media at Race Week Recap race week recap on all platforms we have twitter tiktok and instagram which we've been getting a lot of love on instagram lately <laughs> mainly because of gratis it's like the thirst trap of a century yeah gratis thirst trap of the century we have some time we can talk about this this fucking video is literally going to haunt me for the rest of my fucking life i first posted it i first posted it on my like tiktok account because I was just watching a post-race in Australia. No, I was watching the post-race in Miami. And it's literally a clip that is aired, that was aired Mm -hmm. on, like, the Formula One TV app post-race. And it's a slowed-down video of fucking Charles... Not Charles, oh my god. If it was Charles, it would be game over. Of (laughs) Carlos walking... (laughs) Of Carlos walking, and you can see Rupert behind him. It's so funny. But... Carlos just looks like out of this world fucking like it's insane. He just looks so fucking amazing. And it blew up on my TikTok account. And then I was like, okay, wait, I'm just gonna put it over on our Instagram account. And oh my god. It is so nice to see all of the other F1 girlies who just, you know, agree. We just agree. And like, why else would F1 TV post this and give us this content if it wasn't for the girls? Well, we will be back next week with Silverstone, finally. And hopefully, hopefully my prediction comes true. It probably won't. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.